golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Your host, Holly G. And um, it is the eve of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yes, it's hard to believe. It's almost September and the four majors are over. And we are now coming to the season ender uh, of 2015. And a lot of big developments uh, over the weekend, of course, guys uh, getting into the FedEx by uh, making their way through the Wyndham Championship. Of course, a big, big win for Davis Love at 51 years young. Congratulations to Davis. And uh, also in news, uh, Lydia Ko winning in Canada at the Pacific Women's Open. And some big announcements in terms of the U.S. captain's picks for the Solheim Cup, which we'll be talking about a little later on in the show, as well as uh, the winner of the U.S. Amateur Championship. Lots of golf that was going on, and we are uh, turning our sights now to the Barclays and to beautiful Plainfield, New Jersey. And uh, with no delays, we want to bring in one of our top golf insiders, Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Holly G. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm sitting here in complete darkness of Novito. We lost all our power. Got a big storm going through. So uh, we're in a, a golf rain delay right now in Oviedo, Florida. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what did you think about the big win by Davis Love on Sunday? It was cool to see. You know, um, it's that's you know one of the beautiful things about our game. You know, you have a youngster like Lydia Ko winning on the same day that you have a 51-year-old winning in Greensboro, and that tournament means a lot to Davis. He went to college in North Carolina, got some good ties there, and uh, it was a big win. You know, everyone kind of tuned in to watch Tiger that day, but they got kind of a bonus show and seeing the old man pull it out. Yeah, he certainly wasn't someone that was on uh, probably anybody's radar, but uh, he comes into the FedEx Cup, what, what ranked like 70th or something? Yeah, he made a huge move. I think he was in the 180s, and he made a move. You know, he's at Barclays this week with a good chance to get to Boston. 
uh, the following week. So, you know, it's a great move. You know, this time of year you can make a move like that. I mean, we saw a year ago Billy Horschel kind of come out of nowhere and, and win the FedEx Cup um, from the, you know, this time last year he was somewhere in the 80s. So if you play well this time of year, you can make a whole lot of money doing it. Well, and speaking of somebody uh, to keep our eye on who also had a fantastic week and weekend, Jason Gore, on again, off again, Jason Gore. Yeah, and it was good to see. You know, he's 41, I believe, and he's one of those guys. He said that was more pressured than he felt in the 2005 when he led the U.S. Open. You know, he's, some of these guys are It's nice. You know, you can miss a card and still make – $700,000 out there, but it, it's nice to keep a card and, you know, playing well, finishing second, he keeps his card for next year. Now he can kind of name his own schedule, which is nice when you have a family and not scrambling week to week. And, and it means a lot to these guys. You know, it's, it's a hard game these days. There's people coming from all over the globe trying to get PGA Tour cards and to finish in that 125 and keep a job for the following year, it's an accomplishment and he, uh, he should feel pretty proud of himself. Yeah, certainly. And then we look at uh, the opposite story, Martin Keimer losing his PGA Tour membership for next season. Yeah, I mean, these guys that play the both tours kind of get caught in between where they don't get a, a ton of starts. And the ones they do make, you really have to make count. So, you know, Martin Keimer off year, you know, coming off a huge year when he won the Players and the U.S. Open. Uh, you decide to build some momentum coming into this year, but no, it happens quick and people pass you quick. And you know, a guy like Davis Loveland flying by him last week, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden you got to reassess what you're going to do next year. And, and uh, he'll be okay. I mean, he's, he's okay because he has the U.S. Open win moving forward, so he'll be fine from an exempt status. But it, it's from the playoff point of view, you know, he's not part of the mix. Well, and when we talk about just how difficult. And how the players, week to week, talk about how difficult it is to win. Um, I think he finished tied for 14th at Wyndham. So, I mean, he's you know, he's definitely been trending uh, with, with his game in a better direction, but uh, a little too late. Yeah, a little too late. But, it, you know, as you say, it gives us some momentum this time of year. I mean, the good news here is you have the playoffs, and then you get right back at it. So... You know, if you do want to get a jump, I mean, some some of these guys who struggled at the end of the year might add some stuff in the fall, you know, to get a jump. You you look at what Robert Streb did last fall and got a huge jump. And, I mean, this season was made. By the time he got to Kapaloo in January, he was set. So if you can take one of those starts, and we're going to see right out of the gates at prize, we're going to have Rory McIlroy, we're going to have Tiger Woods. Oh, you're going to have a nice field out there. So, uh, when we get the fall starts and it'll finish up in the, the Gladry up the road, you know, those guys can get a jump on things in, you know, in time for the 2016 calendar year and, and really get off and, and get running. Well, Billy Horschel banked $13.5 million in three weeks last year, Jeff. It was, you know, one of the most, uh, surprising runs, I think, uh, that you've probably covered in golf. Uh, talk about, you know, getting hot at the right time. They've made some adjustments, I know, to the to the points this year. Can you share a little bit about that? You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't, even, I, I don't even know if I can keep up with all the adjustments they make on the points. I mean, 
Yeah, you need a white. You need a whiteboard. Yeah, you need a whiteboard. It's still confusing. I think the average fan, you know, the fact that they don't run money week to week on the tour, and they want to tell you how many points somebody made. I don't think it really registers. It certainly doesn't register in March and May and early in the year. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line is you don't have to play them all, and you can still be a playoff winner. So, I don't see anybody in the NBA skipping their first round matchup and still winning a title or, or doing it for the Stanley Cup. But the bottom line here is Roy McIlroy can skip the Barclays and pop into Boston, play three events, and still win the playoffs. So, you know, they're trying to get – I think it's better than what we once had. You have a short championship now that means something. There's some drama at the end. You, know, you have five guys there that will go, and anyone who wins there out of those five, the top five, can wrap up the title automatically. So, you know, that's a good thing. We're, we're better than we used to be. Uh, but it's just tough to – really get these guys on a roll four to five weeks and expect that they're going to be there at the end of a long year and participate all the way through. So, you know, they're doing their best. And, uh, you know, we're, we have some compelling tournaments ahead, which this time of year is nice to have. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're looking at uh, the top uh, 10 in the FedEx standings through the Wyndham, of course, we have Jordan Spieth, number one, Jason Day, number two, and Bubba Watson, number three. And then you've got uh, Rory at number nine, Dustin Johnson, number seven. Uh, you know, what, what's your gut on this? What do you think? Are we going to see somebody come out of the pack like Billy did last year? Or do you think, you know, it's just been such an incredible season with some of the top players just playing so consistently and still coming into the playoffs with their games, you know, really clicking? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one difference you see this year over last year. I mean, last year this time, Rory McIlroy certainly was dominating, but it wasn't as top-heavy as it is this year. I mean, it seems like at the majors this year, every major you had Jordan Spieth, you had Jason Day, you had Dustin Johnson. I mean, those were our mainstays uh, with a little bit of Rory mixed in there when he got back playing at the PGA. But uh, So I kind of expect those guys in the top ten, they're playing so well. Personally, I would see one of those guys kind of coming through. I, I thought Dustin Johnson, you know, had seen that he didn't get his major. Maybe the playoffs then would be a big goal, but he kind of left the, he left the pro-am hill, I guess. So I don't know what kind of physical shape he's in. Last time they were at Plainfield, the side of this week's event, he won. Uh, you know, Matt Kuchar is a guy I could see making a run. He's real steady. It's really good this time of year to be steady and be up there at the top. So, yeah, I, I would guess I'd take the, the bottom half of the field this year over the top half uh, or the, the higher-up guys that we saw last year come through with Billy Horschel. They say Plainfield is really uh, about the short game, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the greens are going to be slick and that, uh, you know, probably somebody uh, with a hot short game may be the, may be the one on top on Sunday. Yeah, it's nothing tee to green that they can't handle lengthwise. A lot of movement in the greens. Uh, I played there a number of years ago. It's really cool, old old style golf course. There's such so many great golf courses up in that New York, New Jersey area, and uh, Plainfield's a classic. You know, it's, I think it's in our top thirty in the Golf Week rankings, and uh, just one of those old great ones. And I think players uh, they appreciate going to some of these old great courses. You know, the Wing Puts of the World and all these places. Uh, they go to Ridgewood a lot of times and they play the Barkley and and uh, they like these style places and and uh, it should be fun to watch. I'm, I'm glad they rotated a little. You know, honestly, the 
the the rotate the BMW rotates a little, but Deutsche Bank stays the same and the Tour Championship the same. And if if you're not a great fit for one of those two courses, you're kind of out of luck because half your playoffs are at the same two venues every year. I I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, great pairing to keep our eyes on. Tees off Thursday morning at 8.26. That'll be Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, and Bubba Watson. Uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun, that group. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's, that's fun this time of year where they pair the top guys together. Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, I mean, he just doesn't have a week off. He reminds you of Tiger of old in that, that regard where Tiger just didn't show up somewhere and finish T28. You know, he's always in the hunt. And Spieth. He finds a way. I would think this would be a great golf course for Jordan Spieth. I mean, he putts and lights out. It's a lot of movement in the green. So, you know, being a good putter will be a big advantage there. And, and he just doesn't leave contention. I mean, so every time he's teeing it up, he's ready, he prepares well. Uh, he shows a lot of maturity for a 22-year-old. And, and he'll be ready for the playoffs. I mean, it'd be on top of the year he's had to dominate and have a great run in the playoffs. I mean, what better way to end up that? And also took some time, I believe, on Monday to uh, be a, a keynote speaker at an event at uh, the first tee um, just outside, what, uh, is it near uh, Plainfield for, for three of the first tees over there to inspire the juniors? I, You know, I'd miss that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's definitely a, a giver, you know, and, and he's interested in the future of the game and treating kids well. And, and you know, I, I've kind of watched him through this path of success, even, you know, I remember talking to him at Tampa before he won that week and really got going this spring uh, and just talking about autographs and what the kids want. The man's were starting to build on him then. And then you throw the Masters and U.S. Open Championships together, and it's it's incredible. And I think he kind of feels for the fact that he can't sign them all. He can't possibly sign them all. He never hit a golf ball. So, uh, he tries to do what he can for the kids. It's great that he gives back at an event like that because uh, it, the demands on him are tough. And, and being 22, there's a lot on his shoulders, and I think it's really cool the way he's handled everything. Yeah, and it's just been an unbelievable season uh, for, for golf, Jeff. You know, you look at the PGA Championship and uh, Jason Day's you know, fantastic win after what happened at the U.S. Open and then coming so close at the British and – you know, to, to look at that Sunday uh, and, and not see any any losers. I mean, it was really something else with Jordan rising to the top, number one, and who will forget him giving that thumbs up to Jason on, on the 17th hole. Yeah, it was cool. He knew he gave it everything he had, and it wasn't enough, which that's rare. But uh, Jason Day wasn't going to be stopped, and Jason Day just drove it so well that week. I thought it was neat the way he was relaxed. I thought – it might be one of those things where you come close so often and you kind of throw a lot of pressure on your shoulders that you have to get it done. There's a sense of urgency to get it done. And I think he kind of looked at it the other way. He just felt a little more relaxed. He let his golf game take over. He drove it so well that he just dominated it with some straights. And, and you know, it makes for a great offseason for him. I think it would have been a, a very long offseason had he not landed a major. And, and he got his, and now Dustin Johnson's, probably the next guy that looks to add one sometime soon. And you know, the venues probably line up pretty well for him next year to, at an Oakmont, say, or you know, or he should be a factor at the Masters, you'd think. So uh, it's it's a big relief for those guys who get them, and, and it's a question mark that remains for the guys who don't. Well, who are you going to 
pick and go out on a limb and say he'll be hosting that trophy on Sunday, Fabs? I'll take I'll take Matt Kuchar. I think he's a human being. We'll take our local boy from Lake Mary, and uh, I think you know he he knows when the dollar signs go up. He's just a smart Georgia Tech guy, and he's gonna do pretty well at Plainfield this week. And I think he's another guy like like uh, Jason. You know, he's he's. He's been so close so many times. He's due to break through. Yeah, I think so. He's just so steady. He's such a good ball striker. I mean, when they get to a venue that, you know, I mean, we kind of had a couple of wild ones this year where you could let it loose at Chambers Bay and, and a little bit at Whistling. And, I mean, I think when we get to a place a little tighter and ball striking reacts it's up a little bit, you have to be a little tighter with your game. I think Kucher will be a good pick. And he'll get a major. Well, we've got four weeks of great golf coming up, Babs. Uh, even though I know um, the Bills and the Patriots will be uh, kicking off the football season here soon. <laughs> but as always, we thank you for your time. Thanks for calling in in the middle of the uh, power That's outage right. over That's there right. in Oviedo. Still dark. I, could, I might be over to cook dinner today. We're still dark over here. All right. Be up and on. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got much more golf talk coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home. On the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, talking FedEx playoffs and lots of other golf starting to come to a head here. We're going to have the LPGA Solheim Cup beginning the end of September being played over in Germany. We've got uh, some news that broke on that this week as well as the President's Cup. So there is so much golf happening um, we just keep on rolling. And we've got one of our favorite golf insiders to talk about uh, the LPGA as well as the U.S. Amateur Championship that wound up on Sunday. The one, the only, Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hey, Steve. Holly, how are you? Doing fantastic. Um, hey, you know, we were talking last week just about how well these amateurs are playing, how they're showing up in the big events. I mean, you know, big majors. I mean, we saw, uh, you know, the guys playing, some of them over the British Open, even contending. I mean, you know, these these kids are just, uh, you know, they're coming out ready to win. And SMU's Bryson DeChambeau sweeps the NCAAs and the U.S. Amateur titles. A uh, big, big win for this senior. Uh, you know, it really is. And, and, and Bryson is a delightful person to be around little quirky i mean and he's the first to admit um uh, he's an engineer he says he's he, he he's self-admittedly is a little bit of an odd duck but um you know he's just wonderful to spend time with he's a very thoughtful young man uh you know you, when you talk about his equipment which we've talked about before all of his irons are the same length they're all seven iron length and and when you hear him walk through the process of how he got there um it, it all seems to make sense and i'm sure if he breaks out on tour and uh, plays as well as he has uh, th- this year, certainly there'll be some people giving it a try. Um, I've always the, questioned it a little bit as to, uh, you know, how do you, uh, h- how doesn't that compress the distances? I mean, don't you 
isn't there um, too, too, not enough of a gap between, say, your four iron and your nine iron when they're all the same length? But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give it a whirl. But uh, he seems, to, it seems to work well for him, uh, as does this torque balanced putter that he's gone with, where rather than the toe hanging down, the heel hangs down. He, he'll talk about that as long as you'll listen to him. And uh, seems to be very excited about it. But boy, what a great player! I mean, he was really fun to watch last week, and it's been. Uh, He's going to be fun to watch when he turns pro, as are many of those amateurs. Yeah, he beat Virginia junior Derek Baird of uh, New Hartford 7-6 and six in the 36-hole final at Olympia Fields. Olympia Fields, you know, uh, a tough track, but uh, a, he certainly really handled it. The rough, yeah, the rough was up. It was long. Uh, crowds were really uh, spectacular. I was happy to see the number of people who turned out. Uh, this is that deep, deep on the south side of Chicago, almost in Indiana, in fact. Uh, so, so it's not an easy spot to get to, if, even if uh, even if you're a Chicago native. Now, they, they do have a train that runs nearby, but it's still it's very out of the way. And so I was very pleasantly surprised by the uh, the number of golf fans who turned out to watch. It was, uh, it was a fun time. And, uh, you know, obviously you had Paul Dunn, who played extremely well in the, uh, in the Open Championship, Became the first player since Bobby Jones to, to uh, enter the last group, first amateur. So you had uh, you had that, and you had uh, all of these all these other great amateurs that uh, that showed up and played extremely well over the over the course of the week. Well, let's talk about let's flip to the LPGA Tour, which I know you cover as well. Um, Lydia Ko winning in Canada and um, beating Stacy Lewis in a playoff, and Stacy seems to have. Uh, you know, come up against it a few times here and can't seem to, to get the win. You know, it, it's just, you, you feel like she's a little bit snake bit. I mean, she, she played so well in that final round to shoot 67. And let's, let's be honest, Lydia didn't have her best stop. She just ground out par after par. Um, and, and it was good enough to get into a playoff, but you had the sense that momentum was in Stacy's favor. And then she gets one bad bounce on the playoff. The ball rolls in, you know, Two and a half feet into the rough, and she's basically got an unplayable lie over there. Uh, she, you know, she takes a whack at an iron, a club face ends up rolling over. She hooks her approach shot into the gallery and has no chance of getting it up and down. That allows Lydia to two putt from basically 35 feet, which was uh, her standard play over the week, uh, to, to walk away with another one. So, you know, you, you're, you're thrilled for Lydia because she has shown time and time again that she doesn't necessarily have to be on her A game to win. But you've really got a feel for Stacy, who has come so close in the last year and has been unable to close it out. Yeah, and despite, despite the lack of wind, she's you know had a very good year. She ranks third on the money list and race to the CME Globe and is third in scoring average. So, you know, it's a, she's having a good year, but I'm sure in her, you know, standards, uh, not, uh, not completing the win is a huge disappointment. Well, and she is in Prattville, Alabama this week at the Yokohama. A lot of players are not. She's played extremely well down there. She's shown a lot of loyalty to that event. So uh, hopefully this will be the breakout week for her. Your thoughts real quick on the Solheim Cup picks by uh, Julie Inkster. You know, I'll tell you, I was a little surprised by Creamer. I was not at all surprised um, that that, uh, uh, that, 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 uh, with – either of the picks other than I thought Paula was uh, a little bit of an outsider looking in. Uh, that was an experienced pick, not necessarily a how I'm playing right now pick. Um, you know, so, so 
you got you got to like the Americans though. When you look up and down the roster from stuff from top to bottom, you look at the number of wins in the last two years, the number of major championships. Um, it, it's re- everything. The world ranking points. Everything points in the Americans' favor. Now that wasn't the case uh, two years ago in Colorado. If you went down the world ranking listings, uh, it, it very much favored the Europeans, and I predicted a European victory going in. Uh, this is a little bit of a different scenario. Obviously, the Europeans will have the home field advantage in Germany, but um, you know it's not as like they're going not like they're going over there and playing Lynx golf or anything. It's going to be a Parkland course uh, just south of Frankfurt, so it's not to, won't be a mystery to anybody. Well, uh, and I really like I really like the Americans' chances. Yeah, I do too, and I think. Uh... For anybody that's watched the Solheim Cup, we know Paula Kramer bleeds red, white, and blue, and uh, she will be great energy for that team. And as many say, you know, match play is a whole different, uh, whole different competition, and uh, it brings out the bulldog in, in the best players. Well, speaking of bulldogs, I mean, that, you, you talk about Stacey Lewis having such a great year. I mean, I tell everyone she's the nicest person in the world outside the ropes. But when the gun goes off, she's like a little yapping dog that grabs onto your ankle and won't let go. And uh, I, I really like her in match play under those circumstances. Absolutely. Well, Steve, as always, we appreciate your time with the Golf Insiders. And check out his weekly reports, globalgolfpost.com. You can get it free every Monday morning. Steve, thanks so much. Thanks, Holly. Talk to you soon. You listen to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got much more golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G. And uh, just a quick reminder, we still have our Golf Insiders VIP golf card on sale. Go to www.thegolfinsiders.com. Click on the banner on the homepage. You'll find out all the info, all the great courses that you can get to play for free. Yes, it costs you 99 bucks to purchase the card, but once you buy the card... You get the golf for free and the cart. No hidden fees. Just go play golf. And some of the best courses in the area, some private ones too. So take advantage of our Golf Insiders VIP golf card. And, uh, hey, anytime you want to listen to the show, if you're not on the road, go to thegolfinsiders.com. You can listen live. You can go to iHeartRadio and listen live. And you can go back and listen to some of our old shows if you should choose to find that interesting, and just go to thegolfinsiders.com and click on our podcast page. So without any delays, we want to go to another one of our favorite Golf Insiders, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com to talk more about the FedEx playoffs. Hey, Jeff. How are you, Holly? Wonderful. Missing you here in the studio, my friend. <laughs> now you're living up there in beautiful Hilton Head. Well, it, I mean, it's a gorgeous place, and uh, the, you know the avid golfers in, in the audience uh, probably know that they need to put Hilton Head on their list at some time or another to come visit. Uh, I did a little did a little research before uh, taking uh, the job up here 
And there are 73 golf courses within a 25-mile radius of where I live. So, wow. Uh, plenty of holes to go play golf if you ever come up to Hilton Head. And, of course, uh, Harbor Town, one of the PJ Tour's favorite spots, the Heritage Classic, where you get to win that beautiful plaid jacket. <laughs> and uh, the the guy that owns more plaid jackets than anybody had a pretty good weekend, didn't he? Yes, he did. Davis Love, how about that? <laughs> that was a pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing performance by by Davis. And it was kind of funny. Early in, early in the day, I was talking to my editor at the, at the Island Packet, and uh, we were discussing whether uh, I should write a column, and mostly with the idea of writing a Tiger Woods column. And I kind of just tossed in there, you know, if Davis continues this hot start, maybe there's a column in that. And certainly uh, Davis played well enough and you know, made that second eagle down the stretch and uh, uh, put his name in, in, on a few lines in the PGA Tour record book. Not only was he the third oldest winner, they, there's been a lot of talk about that, but he's also now number three on the list for longest stretch of time between his first win and his most recent win. His first win was in 1987. I'm trying to remember where I was in 1987. I know I can't remember. Where I was, (laughs) or where you were. But you know what that might bring, Jeff, is uh, maybe some good news to Tiger Woods, that he's still got a lot left in his career, even as he is about to turn 40 in December. Uh, You know, we saw again Tiger moves the needle. His playing in the Wyndham, I believe the number was 47,000 extra tickets they sold with Tiger committing to the tournament. The ratings on Sunday, of course, were off the charts as he had the opportunity to perhaps win the tournament, get himself into the playoffs. Again, I think many people rooting for that ultimate Tiger bounce back. And and maybe, you know, he's a good friend of Davis's and I think gave him, I think actually Tiger gave him a little uh, a little boost of confidence to say, go out there, you could win this thing. Yeah, well, not only that, but uh, uh, Tiger did a little uh, did a little analysis of, of Davis Love's putting uh, at some point during the week, and and essentially reinforced what Phil Lumpkin had been uh, had had been uh, working with him on so uh yeah davis definitely got uh, a a bounce a little bit of help from tiger and uh in in turn davis gave tiger a little bit of uh an understanding of of sedgefield country club and i think that helped him a little bit you know in being able to pick up some quick course knowledge so uh beneficial on both sides and um we just saw, we just wonder, you know, had had Tiger added one more start somewhere, you know, back in May, pre-U.S. Open, something like that, could Tiger have picked up enough points with one more start to get himself into the playoffs? Yeah, I, you know, saw some interesting commentary by Brandel Chambly on the Golf Channel referring to Tiger's chipping problems as the yips, which um, was something I really wasn't familiar with. Uh, or had heard term before, and I guess it you know doesn't happen very often. But uh, you know we're still seeing some problems, especially you know it was tough to watch him on number eleven when he um, you know scalded basically over the green and ended up with uh, was it a triple? Certainly kind of derailed him on the back nine, but not the tiger we're used to seeing. Definitely not, and, and the and the short game hiccups 
whatever, whatever phraseology you want to use, uh, it's tough to imagine that those shots come from the club of Tiger Woods. And uh, now we don't see them, you know, maybe – you know, once a week, uh, you know, this one in a very unfortunate spot on the, uh, on, on the, uh, on the round, but, uh, certainly he's getting better with that. But, uh, I know that, that the chip yips are out there. I think I might have them in fact, because, um, my short game has gone downhill in, in the last few years to where I'd stand over the ball. And I, I ask myself, okay, am I going to hit this short or am I going to hit this long hitting it? properly and hitting it the perfect distance is like the smallest percentage in my mind. So um, it's hard to think Tiger's thinking those thoughts and, and I'm sure he's not, but you know, there's still that little percentage where he hits the ball off the wrong part of the club and you see what happens. So uh, turning to the FedEx playoffs, we've got, you know, I think one of the most exciting uh, playoffs of, you know, of the FedEx so far. And, when we look at Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Rory, uh, you know, then going even deeper to some players like Justin Rose and, of course, you know, Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler and, I mean, so many players that their games haven't really, you know, been fading away here. So I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting playoff run. I think so. And all of those guys come in with, with a certain amount of momentum, uh, whether you've won the PGA championship like, like Jason Day or you've just had a great overall year like Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler's won a couple of times. Even though Dustin Johnson hasn't won since Doral, he's put together some really good rounds, and if he can avoid the clunker back nine, uh, he can do a lot of good. And, and it, I do find it interesting, uh, as an aside, that, that Dustin Johnson does have – uh, I believe it's three of his wins are 54 whole wins, uh, which means maybe he was just able to avoid the clunker back nine by by having the tournament shortened. But uh, all of these guys are playing really, really well. And I think it's going to be an interesting race for positioning to get to Atlanta and Eastlake because uh, I think what we have found out over the last few years is you spend these first three events jockeying for position you're trying to get into the top 30 you're trying to get as high as you can in the top 30 maybe control your own destiny by being in the top five and then atlanta is still a free-for-all well especially you know we saw that of course with the amazing three weeks billy horschel put together last mm-hmm. year to the tune of 13 and a half million dollars ka-ching ka-ching but uh, hey a guy who's you know been playing well uh billy haas who of course a FedEx Cup winner. Be interesting to see uh, if Billy can turn it on and maybe grab uh, some of uh, that good mojo. Uh, I believe Tiger Woods is the only one to have won twice, correct? I believe that's correct. And and it's been real interesting. Four of the last five winners have been guys who have come from off the pace, who, who have uh, uh, at least gotten themselves in a decent position in Atlanta and then played really well at Eastlake while all of these guys who control their own destiny uh, just don't seem to have it when they get to Eastlake. And, and whether you blame that on fatigue or the course doesn't suit them or whatever, but uh, you look at, you look at the roster for the last five, you know, have been guys uh, like Billy Horschel coming from off the pace, Bill Haas, uh, Brant Snedeker, uh, Henrik Stenson, 
we know that he had a great second half of the year, and may, that might be the 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 exception to the rule there. But uh, but Stenson did not have a great first half of the season. So the the guys who come in and you say, well, they've had the best season, they aren't winning it, which uh, I suppose is great for volatility. Not so great if you're really trying to say who had the best year. And a guy who's had some rest and. This could bode well for him, Rory McIlroy. I um, mm-hmm. I would say he'd be a pretty good bet. Well, and especially giving himself an extra week to to let that ankle heal, and then he'll come back with. And, and as long as he puts together three strong uh, performances, he, he's not that far down in the FedEx Cup. Uh, points list and uh, a a win at at Boston or a win in in, in Chicago would certainly uh, vault him in, into that top five, which is all you really need. And you see some of these young guys too, uh, Danny Lee, Brooks Kepka. I, I don't know that they're gonna, you know, show up with the fatigue's going to impact them too much. And and Jordan, he just seems to be drinking some kind of you know juice that you know we don't we don't know what he's he's drinking. Yeah, and an interesting stat, uh, and, and I realize it's just a small eight-year sample, but Jordan Spieth has the highest point total that there has ever been uh, going into the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's how good a regular season he's had. Well, it is going to be lots of fun. We got lots of golf left, and I love the FedEx playoffs. So, Jeff, who's holding up the trophy for the Barclays on Sunday? Well, I, I mean, it. It's hard to say that Jordan Spieth's not going to be in the mix on Sunday because he's, we've gotten to the point where he's always in the mix on Sunday, and that probably helps him as far as the FedEx Cup overall is concerned, too. He's not going to take himself out of contention. So I like him. I like the idea of DJ coming back to a place where he has won before. He's going to have to deal with a little bit different. Everybody's going to have to deal with a different playing field than in 2011 because in 2011 they were trying to outrun a hurricane. But uh, but D- Dustin Johnson is still playing very well, and he's going to be comfortable coming back. And, and so th- those are the two guys, uh, you know, kind of at, at the top of my list. Uh, but uh, uh, you – As far as long shots, I think Robert Streb has been really, really consistent and and might be a guy to look out for. Uh, Same for for David Lingmurth. Uh, He he has had very consistent years since winning at the Memorial and has put himself on some leaderboards. And at the Barclays, it, it seems to turn out more like a regular PGA Tour event where there are guys that come off the pace and, and contend. And you don't see that so much necessarily in Boston or at the BMW. Well, it's going to be a fun run. Jeff Shane, miss you, my friend, and um, hope all is well up in Hilton Head. We appreciate your time. Thanks. Oh, always glad always glad to come on, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of miss being in the studio, too. All right. You're listening to Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got more golf talk coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk with yours truly, Holly G. And as you know, we always like to bring our Golf Insiders the latest and greatest in terms of equipment and apparel, accessories, 
training aids, everything that's the latest and greatest. And uh, we just had a big event out in Las Vegas, the PGA Expo, which is the baby sister to the PGA Merchandise Show, which happens here in Orlando. And I'm going to go to one of my favorite people in golf, Mike Jameson from the International Network of Golf, to uh, get his report on what he saw out there. Hey, Mike. Hello, Holly. How are you? Doing great. Um, Hey, I've seen some early uh, news on this new King Cobra driver that's coming out. Did you get a chance to see that? I did not make it over to Cobra, unfortunately, but they've had a good year from what I understand. Uh, uh, they And they're, they're going to have another good year with this driver. I read about it, too. Looks looks hot. Yeah, this uh, spaceport, um, some, you know, they, I guess, teamed up with some guys from NASA out there in California, and yeah. it, it looks it looks pretty uh, high tech. But, uh, you know, these, these, these guys just keep ratcheting it up and... Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. We were talking earlier about the amateur, um, uh, the Shambo, who was talking about, you know, all his crazy equipment. And we're in the era of technology. There's no doubt about it. Watching these guys stripe at 367, 387. You know, Mike, you got that kind of game, right? Oh, yes, yes, especially with my two new hips, Holly. That added about 100 yards. <laughs> uh, I keep waiting for a driver to come out with wings on each side. That's the next big invention, I think. So tell me what you saw out there. Were there some new uh, training aids? What uh, what caught your eye? Well, I'll tell you, they did have a demo portion. It's mainly an apparel uh, and accessory show, but they did have a demo day. And um, one of the things that I noticed was, from our friends at Touredge, the Exotics CB Pro, they came out with the Fairway Wood last year, and it was a huge hit. And they launched the new hybrid. It's a limited edition hybrid, and it features the the slipstream sole that's so popular. And uh, and I think that's going to be a big hit um, for them. Uh, everything they do is really good for a small company. Uh, our friends at Chase 54 launched a new line of apparel, and they had Al, Al Guyberger there, Mr. 59, uh, and his, his son was there as well. And, and I thought it was Adam Levine when I walked up. He could be Adam Levine's twin. I uh, kept waiting for him to break into song. But uh, that looks like that's going to be a hot line. Uh, Any f- we, footwear? Or? Yeah. I'm sorry? Any footwear, anything new in shoes? Uh no, I didn't didn't see much. Sketcher had a booth, and um, they they are making strides, as you know, with Matt Kuchar, uh, but not a lot other than than uh, than that that I saw. One of the cool training aids I saw was was one called Shoot Trainer, and they have a little wind resistant bag on that you attach to the end of the club, and it's supposed to help you with your hip turn, et cetera. But the cool thing about it was that all the folks in their factory are physically challenged individuals, and uh, and it's made right here in the USA. So that was kind of a cool aspect of that, that company. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. And uh, this, this now has piggybacked on top of the uh, apparel show, the, the big apparel show out in Vegas, yes? Yes, it's like apparel week. It's not Paris, but it's uh, pretty close. Every type of apparel show that you can imagine from from golf uh, to um, uh, high-end clothing uh, to anything. It has a show during that week, and they all share the same hotel, the same ballrooms. So, so if you get a pass to one of the shows, you can visit all the others. It's pretty cool. 
you see a lot of interesting people at Vegas during Fashion Week. Well, I know we're turning uh, around next week to head up to Myrtle Beach for the World Amateur Championship. I think it's, what, the 32nd year for the World Am, 3,500 uh, participants and the big 19th hole there and the expo. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is. It's one of my favorite events of the year just to go there and watch the tournament organizers keep up with 3,500 golfers playing the same tournament uh, at the same time. They use over 60 golf courses every day. It's a four-day event. The flight winners uh, all convene on one golf course on Friday and play an 18-hole world championship to determine the, the champion. And it it can be anything from a scratch golfer to a 40 handicapper uh, and anything in between. It's really a really cool tournament and with a lot of great entertainment and, as you said, an expo uh, with lots of products. Yeah, if anybody is listening and you've never heard about the World Amateur, you should check it out online, Myrtle Beach World Amateur Championship, because uh, it's a heck of a deal. Go up there, you get to play a week of golf and uh, four days of a of a nineteenth hole golf extravaganza, free booze and food, and it's it's just the best money you can buy. And play some uh, tournament golf; it's a lot of fun. At a at a great uh, destination as well for golf. All right, MJ, I'm going to see you up there. Uh, we've just got a minute left, but I want to ask you real quick: who you got your eyes on for the FedEx Cup and uh, and the Barclays this week? Well, I, I'm going to ride the hot horse. I, I think Jason Day uh, is on fire and love that guy. Uh, loved what he did at the PGA uh, Championship and his victory there. And so I'm going to be riding that horse. Well, I think I'm, I think I'm going for Mr. Kuchar. I want to see Ooh. our hometown boy uh, win it. And, boy, wouldn't you love to see him in some of those crazy outfits that he's been uh, wearing <laughs> in his commercials? I just yes, love indeed. that spot. <laughs> yeah, it's that Skechers uh uh, shoe spot, and they're, they're awesome. They're really good. Well, MJ, I'm looking forward to seeing you up at Myrtle Beach. And um, anybody, uh, you, you playing in the tournament? I'm going to try to play, yeah, four days of golf. Uh, I try to play every year, and it's it, like, like you said, it's a wonderful event to be involved with. We'll Not see only. you there, buddy. I got to go. All right. All right. Baby. The Golf Insiders, we're out of here.